On September 30th, 1897, Arctic explorer Robert Perry docked his ship in Brooklyn, New York. Perry, who was returning from a northern expedition, had cabled ahead with news of his cargo, six Inuits from Greenland. Among these people were an eight-year-old boy named Menink and his father, Quisk. Perry, whose expeditions were partially funded by the American Museum of Natural History, was returning with other artifacts, like a meteorite that he sold to the museum. It seems that, upon his arrival in New York, the Inuits were also transferred to the museum and placed under the care of its superintendent. The superintendent cleared up some space in the basement of the American Museum of Natural History for their living quarters. When word spread that the Inuits were being kept at the museum, crowds gathered outside, hoping to catch a glimpse of the exotic visitors. Many were disappointed to learn that the Inuit were not on display in an exhibit. This is not a happy story. I'm Ian Elsner. Museum of Museums is a tiny show about the way we display science, art, and culture. Each episode lasts less than 15 minutes. So let's get started. Menink toured Central Park and attracted a lot of attention wherever he went. There are accounts of him smiling and laughing with glee. But within weeks, all the Inuits fell ill. Menink spent most of his time by his father's bedside. When Quisk died, the museum staged a fake burial of Quisk's body for Menink's benefit. This was done at dusk. Quisk's internal organs and brain were sent to a medical school. His bones were sent to the American Museum of Natural History. Thinking his father had been buried properly, Menink went to school and spent the next several years adjusting to life in the United States. At some point, Menink discovered that his father had never been buried and that his remains were in the museum. We don't know how he found out. We do have a 1907 New York World article which reads, Menik, the Eskimo boy, longed for but one Christmas gift, but that one he couldn't have. He asked back his father's bones that he might put them in a quiet grave somewhere where they could rest in peace forever. The article went on to say that Quisk's coffin is a showcase, his shroud a piece of glass. Setting aside the sensationalism of the article, really, a Christmas gift? It struck a nerve with the public. The museum said it knew nothing of the bones and told employees to deny that they were there. There are many other examples of this kind of thing. In 1899, a New York Tribune article reported that the body of an 11-year-old Alaskan girl would be sent to Columbia University, where it would be preserved and turned over to the American Museum of Natural History as a specimen of the race, there being no relatives to claim it. A letter to the editor questioned the legitimacy of such an act. While it is true that our law permits a person to direct the manner in which his body shall be disposed of after feather, there is no indication that this poor Eskimo child ever gave such direction. There can be no authority to turn the body of this Eskimo girl into a mummy and place it on exhibition in the Museum of Natural History unless it can be derived from the girl herself during her lifetime. The response 
from Columbia University says everything you need to know. We think that the body of the girl would be an interesting study, an Eskimo, you know, and we would like to examine the internal organs to see how they compare with those of persons reared under different conditions and in other climates. There are stories to be told of the human zoos that were only beginning to fall out of fashion at the turn of the 20th century. There are stories of the continuing theft and sale of cultural artifacts to museums, including the objects that Robert Perry brought along with the Inuit to New York with hopes to sell. But these stories are for different podcasts. This one is about dead bodies in museums. It took until the 1960s for the American Museum of Natural History to admit that it had Quisk's bones. By 1993, it took the remains of Quisk back to Greenland. Many big museums now have policies about the display and preservation of human bones in museums. The British Museum writes, There is no justification for the voyeuristic display of human remains simply as objects of morbid curiosity. As in storage, displays of human remains must acknowledge that the remains were once a living person and respect this fact. Human remains should not be displayed if they are not central to the information being conveyed. And this has led to the removal of some skeletal remains from British museum galleries. The views of source communities should also be respected if they do not wish ancestral remains to be on public display. Museums, like the British Museum, will usually begin their policies with a description of just how popular the mummies are. The draw and that morbid fascination should not be confused with appropriateness in a museum context. This policy statement becomes awkward when the source communities are no longer around, as in the case with mummies from ancient Egypt. Who is left, culturally speaking, to see the Egyptian mummy as a great-great-grandfather? In the case of Quisk, there are still people alive today who see their ancestors in his bones. But maybe this is the point. Do human remains take on a different quality if nobody is left to claim them? With just a little remove, anyone can see their ancestors in any dead body. This has been part one of a two-part series about dead bodies in museums. More information about Menink can be found in Give Me My Father's Body by Ken Harper. Thank you for visiting Museum of Museums. I'd like to hear your feedback about your visit. Connect on Twitter at Of Museums. More information can be found at ofmuseums.com.